You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. And today we're going to be talking about how to find the ROI on Pinterest. So this is a question that I get all the time. So in my groups, from my clients, people want to know, especially when they're paying for a service, how they can find the ROI on Pinterest marketing. And so after receiving this question for like the 50 billionth time, I decided I needed to do some data hunting. But my skill is not data or analytics. And so I needed to outsource that. So my biggest question was, what are the basic numbers that we need to pull together to help people find their ROI? So for that, I hired Lane. And she is our data analyst here at Simple Pin, And she helps me... Um, break down the data to figure out the ROI and run monthly reports for me. So Lane, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Thanks, Kate. Glad to be here. Yeah. So tell people what you do and all about your creative analytical mind that you were blessed with. <laughs> well, uh, Kate, I help successful female entrepreneurs capture and analyze those vital business metrics, usually through dashboards, so that they can actually make data-driven decisions and increase their profits. And I do this by, you know, wrangling in all the data that's technically flying around your business that you probably don't know what to do with, but use it to bring it down to a concise way to make you easily make decisions that are going to at the end, yield more profits for your business. Yeah, I love how you write that or how you say that. Like it's all around our business and it's kind of flying around and you help it make sense. And let's talk a little bit about how that worked between you and I, because I think I came to you and I don't know if I even knew exactly what to aim for. Would you, would you agree <laughs> with that? Or how yes. did you see that? I feel like it was a lot of, I'm throwing things at you. I don't know. I remember I remember our first conversation where you were like, you know, I was talking to my friend in the car <laughs> and how I just have some a lot of data in the business. I'm not sure what to do with it. And they were like, you need to talk to Lane. <laughs> yes. Um, yep. Yep. And, and that's kind of how it starts. So, you know, being able to learn a little bit more about your business and, and where the information was coming from. Kind of, it can take several different avenues. So what I, I like to do first is, you know, figure out what you're doing so far. What would you like to know that would help you make better decisions or help you know that you're providing, you know, a service that yields this type of result for your clients. And so, um, at first, you know, a lot of times it's just looking at the information you have and seeing where things are showing you really good numbers or things that are showing you really bad numbers that you would want to either improve or um, looking at it kind of from a holistic standpoint instead of just driving straight down into this one thing that someone thinks that they need. And so when you and I started to work together, I took that holistic approach and said, all right, show me everything you got. <laughs> And then, and then we'll dive down from there. And, um, 
And that was a little bit of like, um, well, when, before we started, how much understanding did you have of Pinterest? I knew it existed. (laughs) (laughs) Which I would say that was, that was kind of a fun one for us to figure out was me kind of educating you a little bit on like what's important, what's not important. And that was good for me to step back and say, okay, what is it that we should actually focus on and how, because we had a little bit of data. So I wasn't like totally lost, but we had this data, but I had backing up before I met you. And that actually started with a conversation Jocelyn Sams and I were driving and she was talking about how she worked with you. And I was like, it was like the angel started singing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. Because we, two years previous, so we had been gathering data from like day one. Like for some reason, it just clicked in my head to start grabbing like follower numbers, repin numbers, and then session numbers. I think I had originally started with page views and merged towards sessions. But I had actually, I knew I had all this data, right? And I knew it was important and there's ways that we could extract stuff from it. But I reached out to probably uh, four to five people that had kind of like crossed my path that they came across as people who understood data. And I said, can you help me? I have this and I, I don't know what to do with it. And I don't know how to use it to make goals. And some people never got back to me. Some people thought I was kind of crazy. <laughs> and then some people just said, I don't, they didn't understand Pinterest. So like they just ignored like they just were like, I can't help you. And that felt really frustrating as a person who I knew I had good information. I just didn't know what to do with it to make good business decisions. So that's what I have enjoyed working with you is that even though you didn't understand Pinterest, you took all of it on and our process of, you know, now we you run monthly executive reports for me with our goals. But once we kind of sifted through and sorted through where our targets were, then it made sense. And I could say, okay, um, and what little peek into that executive report for our listeners is that we break it down into food, non-food and e-commerce, right? Those are the three categories we have. Right. So we look and we say, okay, food is grown in sessions by this much and non-food is grown by this much. And maybe our goal for next month should be this. So that I can go back to my team and say, okay, let's see if we can grow by X number of sessions in the next 30 days. And I just didn't have that before. So for me, I felt like it empowered me tremendously. Would you say that it was hard for you at all with understanding my metrics? Like... I, I really needed education on what they stood for and what would be meaningful to your clients. So, I mean, you know, if Kate says Pinterest sessions are important, then my question back was, okay, and then is this also important for your clients? So, is that something that we really want to make sure is, is doing well? Um, and just really understanding what does that session mean at the end of the day? Does that mean that yes, I'm driving traffic and yes, it's going somewhere that's going to be advantageous for the the client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say, if you want to dig in further into this um, on your website and figuring out what your KPIs, there's another acronym, the key performance indicators there, we have an episode on that. Um, it's simplepinmedia.com slash 87. And there's even like a download over that there for you to calculate your KPIs which that actually might be helpful to take it into this discussion to figure out 
what's making you money and how you really calculate that because our concessions are one thing and that's how we what really we have access to because we don't have access to everybody's email numbers and we don't have access to um, everybody's revenue and their sales and all this kind of stuff because everybody makes money differently. But our goal at Simple Pin is to bring as much traffic to you so that you can convert it into whatever way you want to convert it. And that ultimately is your ROI and what your ROI um, metric is. So let's kind of dive into that a little bit for sure. So what does ROI even stand for for those who are like, I need some explanations? Yep. So ROI is return on investment. So if you're going to spend $10 and you're going to make $100, then you had a $90 return on your $10 investment. Which is pretty good, right? (laughs) Right. If it was an ATM, we'd stand there all day. Um, (laughs) Why would you tell somebody that it's important for them to even start to investigate ROI numbers in their business? Yeah. I've said to folks before, you should only know your ROI numbers if you want to be a business that makes money. Um, because otherwise, if you have a negative ROI, then you are setting yourself up to lose business and go completely bankrupt <laughs> in a very short, short time period. Um, so it's it's important for those that are investing in something that they expect to get a return on it, on a few, you know, you want to be positioning yourself in a way that's going to grow and scale and provide profit for your business. So does ROI always have to be money or is there a few, are there other metrics that can be factored into ROI? Yeah, I, I hear a couple different ways, you know, be, me being the technical nerdy math <laughs> side of things, yeah. I always think of it in dollars. Um, but I mean, you think about, you know, personal investment too. I mean, going to the gym and having a healthy lifestyle could be a return on your your time spent in the gym. So you do hear it used that way a bit as well. And um, it can I can certainly see it that way. But my mind always goes to the dollars. <laughs> yes, mine too. Mine too, for sure. So what would you say, like knowing when you do know that ROI, basically like what does it release for you? What does it allow you to do? I think it really allows you to see where you need to spend more or less time in your business. If you have, it's kind of like even back to something that we're probably all familiar with too, like email conversion rates. If you're converting well, then all right, you get to, to let that ride. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But if you see that you're not converting well on something, then that says you as the CEO or as the business owner get to look at that and say, am I okay with this? And if I'm not, let's take action to correct it. And same thing goes for ROIs. Um, you know, the exercise of maybe looking at what other, what services or products you use um, or offer and saying, all right, what's, what's the return? How much am I investing in providing this and what kind of, um, return am I getting on that? So I want you to be thinking of ex- an example in your business and how you you do this. And I will share an example of something I actually did this week. And it came after, I have to tell the story. So I have been flying quite a bit. And um, a couple of those trips, in fact, quite a few of them lately have been to the East Coast and I live in Portland. And so that's a significant haul for me. Like as a full, a full day of travel and it's, 
it's pretty tight. You know, you're sitting on a plane. So you're thinking like, how can you get tired? But it's just, you know, it's so boring that you get exhausted. And I try to work and all this stuff. Well, one of the things that somebody has been challenging me with is on those long haul flights to pay for first class to upgrade because you have more space and you can get a lot of work done. Well, I was, I didn't do that on this last flight that I went to Tampa and I got stuck in a window seat um, between somebody with a dog and (gasps) to all the dog lovers out there. I'm sorry, but I do not like dogs at all. And it had horrible breath. Let's just state that for the record. I'm on a five-hour flight. And the woman on the outside that this woman was helping, they were both very kind and very sweet. But she was immobile. So she had to have people, you know, she was in a wheelchair. So she had to get on the plane early and get off the plane last. So I'm thinking, I can't even get up to go to the bathroom. And in that moment, (laughs) I realized a few things. Is that... I, I I came home and talked with my husband about this. And I said, if I would have invested, and I think for this flight, the upgrade was going to be like $125 to first class. It wasn't like a huge, huge amount, right? I said, if I would have invested the $125 in that five-hour flight, let's say, give or take 30 minutes for landing and, you know, the, for takeoff because you can't use your computer then, I could have gotten at least three hours of work done. And if I know my hourly rate for work... I could have blown that fa- that first class fare out of the water, right? Because I would have made money on the flight. And it was this interesting thing for me to go like the ROI of my time in this moment uh, was so much greater than me sitting in an aisle seat with a dog. <laughs> so, <Yes. laughs> so sometimes ROI even comes down to calculating like simple math is that like in my three hours, I can get this done or I can sit on a plane and suffer for four hours and having to pee the whole time. So (laughs) yeah, there's my funny example. Anyway, what about you? How have you had to make um, some decisions based on ROI in your business? Well, there's no topping it sitting next to a dog on a long flight. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say the next flight I booked that was going east, I booked first class. And that was hard for me because I'm also a frugal person. But I did in that moment think, I can totally rock it with work and that's my goal. And I'm going to be way more refreshed when I arrive at my destination. So it is worth the money. Yep. I'm going to use maybe a little bit more of a classic example. Um, So I'm going to be running some Facebook ads here um, to drive some traffic to my business as well. So my goal is going to be to hit a certain ROI. So if I'm going to be investing $100 in ads for the week, then I want to be able to see, all right, what is that going to give me at the end of the day? So my goal is to hit, you know, somewhere about a hundred dollar return on investment. So if I, for every $10 I spend, I'm hoping to get a hundred dollars back. So a 10 for one return. And so that's something that's going to be, that's something I'm going to be monitoring. I know I have a target for that ROI. And now I'm also going to have to see, am I meeting it? Where am I? And if I'm not, what do I, need to change in order to hit that ROI. Yeah, I think that definitely applies even to to those who are listening who have run promoted pins. Anytime you do any type of advertising, promoted pins or Facebook, having that goal of not just doing it because everybody else is doing it, which I think is a really hard trap for us to fall into, but um, doing it because you have that, you know, you want to make $100 off of your $10 investment, which is awesome. Would you say that if you were 
what would be like your lowest threshold? Like if you were not making, if you're only making like $20, would you keep running the ad or would you scrap it? It depends. Is it worth whatever you're providing for $10? Is it worth it? Um, So for me, if I were getting that and basically I'm investing time, $10 isn't isn't really going to be a great thing for me as a service. But if I had something that was evergreen, if I was selling a an online product that you know wasn't costing me any more time and money currently, the you know, the that piece was already set, then a two for one, that's basically back at the ATM, you know, if you're putting in $1 and it keeps giving you back two, you mm-hmm. keep putting in $1. <laughs> yeah, you said you put your kids there. You tell them yes. to stay here all day long. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a good point. And always having in what are you making? Never. I think this is probably the biggest thing that I want people to take away from this episode is don't just invest in something that is the latest craze or everybody else's finding huge success with it. If you do want to chase something down and people are having success with it, ask them their numbers. Say, are you willing to share with me? Like, maybe it's not hard numbers. Maybe it's just percentages. But that will give you a starting point to say, okay, this is worth it for me for X dollars. And you could wrap your brain around it, but don't just do it because everybody else is doing it, which is hard in our industry. There's always a shiny penny somewhere. So, and I would say too, and just from the work that you and I have done together, the ROIs sometimes, depending on how you're looking at it, how you're structuring it, if you're looking at a per click, I mean, that's basically, you know, very similar to a, a cost per click sort of mentality is you're getting into the cents, you know, it's 0.2 cents or <laughs> some fraction. So, you know, the returns aren't always these big numbers, but it, should be big over the annual scope that you're looking at. So let's talk about it with Pinterest and give people some tools for maybe what are some metrics they can use. Um, You know, we've talked about sessions and that's what we use. But um, maybe a little bit of a formula and some other ways to calculate ROI. Right. So yeah, let's kick it off with what we've looked at for Pinterest. So when you and I started working together, we found, you know, the value that you bring to your clients is really driving that traffic from Pinterest. So we wanted to see what were the Pinterest-led sessions going directly back to the the page or the client um, that we were looking at. So if we saw a thousand sessions, then what was the value that was driving back to that client? And it, it, looks very different for for everyone because just because you have someone land on your page doesn't necessarily mean that you know it's always worth fifty dollars or it's always worth you know two cents it depends on what your offerings are on that page so if you're running ads um that's gonna be a way to monetize or if you're selling a product that's your other way to monetize and especially if you're running a product if you have an e-commerce site it doesn't matter so much that they hit your page. It matters that they purchased from you at the end of it. Um, so kind of having to go all the way through that process. So the the short and sweet starter calculation <laughs> that we used was getting from clients, all right, how many sessions did you have and how much revenue did you generate via your website? 
So that was the starting point. So if you generated $100,000 from your website and you had 1,000 sessions, then now we're looking at a $10,000 return. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if anybody had that, but yeah, we gathered up. I think it was like, um, we looked at ads, the clients that we asked to kind of give us their revenue numbers. We said we want it to be sponsored work, ads, affiliate income, in any of your own products, but it has to be on your website. Like that is where you generate the income. Right, right. And then we got... Where did we, was it 0.02 was around our average? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then we can take that. Well, you explain it because I'll probably lose track of it. So what did we do after that? So once we got to that average return on investment, basically we got to the return based on a Pinterest session. So for every single Pinterest-led session, the value is 0.02. So then, all right, if we've got this average and we want to drive more traffic through Pinterest, if we multiply, if we figure out how many sessions we have per month or per year and we multiply it out times that 0.02, that was the return or that was the benefit. That's what the ATM was spitting back out to your clients. Mm, And then if they're paying for our services, then they can just deduct the amount they're paying us and that's what their ROI is. Right. Yes. And yes, that was very helpful for me to be able to see. And then we had percentages in there too. So we could see um, percentages of growth and decrease. And yeah, there was a lot. It's interesting because sometimes you'll see a very large dollar amount if, if it's just someone that has extreme extremely large following a, a huge number of sessions. But it was also interesting too to see, well, they might be a little bit lower in dollar value, but the percentage of growth that's coming from Pinterest is much higher. So looking at it from a percentage basis as well as the dollar was really helpful. Yeah, definitely helpful because I think sometimes we see these big numbers and that pulls us in and you get caught into that comparison trap too to say like, oh, I'm not doing as well as the other person. But then when you go to the percentage of growth and see, well, this person had 300% growth and then next month they are still on this trajectory and maybe they have 100% and they're holding steady at kind of these high percentage numbers, whereas somebody is more sessions, but maybe they're just like 10%. That I think we pay attention to those ones that are growing super fast. And we do ask ourselves, okay, why is it? And we look at the bottom too. That's another thing that I love about your reports is we look at those who are struggling and we ask the question, what can we do to get these ones up? And why did we see that um, this one client took a 200% jump? in the month. That's weird. Okay, let's dig in to see, you know, what happened with that. And I can go back to my team and I can... So I take your executive reports too, and I share them with my leadership team, specifically my um, team leads to say, here's what's happening with the account specialists and clients. How can we challenge them to look into these bottom five and really get them up? And, you know, some of that... Some of that is tough for us because we can't always control the images that people create. And so images have a big hurdle. But what other things do you look at that report and find super helpful? So I I like looking for trends and that's where my brain goes 
you know, ninety five percent of the time, um, <laughs> which I love. When I'm I'm always looking at all right, where were we last month? Where are we this month? Are we going the right direction? And then especially you know you, you talked about the groups that we look at food, non food, and ecom. Um, I want to see are we seeing trends in there? So we had done this analysis where we see all right for food. We tend to see, you know, maybe a 30% of the volume coming from Pinterest-led sessions, and then the rest of their site um, is coming from other other means of traffic. And then for non-food, the percent of Pinterest sessions was actually even higher. So when, and then when I find anything that's an anomaly to that, so if I see something that's low in that category, but it's still performing really well, I kind of flag that to say, hey, Kate, look, this is a someone that's very low on the percentage of sessions, but they're actually performing really, really well. What can we dig into? What's different about them um, that that could be a win that um, we learn from and use that to make even better, better decisions going forward? Yeah, that helps too with um, what I share here in the podcast and what I teach even in my sessions because I can look and say a lot of those top ones, the correlation is how often they're creating content and how engaged their audience is. And when you look at these numbers, it really jumps out to you right away. And when you look at the ones that are at the bottom, they're the ones that are not creating content very often, um, or maybe they haven't updated their images in quite some time, or they're not being their website isn't optimized for Pinterest, meaning they don't have keywords on their images. Like that's we love getting that from you because then we do go in and we see, you know, this is an anomaly. Maybe they all of a sudden change their images and now they have keywords, and we're seeing huge growth. I'll say, Kate, too. I'll, almost every every time I've sent, sent out this report to you and I'll, I'll ask questions about the bottom five in certain categories. <laughs> it seems the response is usually, yes, there are new clients. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah. the new ones are coming to you and then they're, they're moving up the chain, which I think is just another testament to the, the value of the service that Simple Pin provides. Yeah, we definitely like to see them move up the chain for sure. And yeah, yeah I would agree. We look at those bottom five and go, okay, we know where they're headed. We just need to give it some time, which is, you know, I guess one of the things that, um, you know, I had asked you the question beforehand, like anything else we should know about ROI. And I love the time thing. Like, don't rush it. So tell me more a little bit about that and those expectations. Yep. There, and then, you know, a lot of business owners are really go-getters. So they they want to make sure they're doing the best thing possible for their business. Um, but not everything needs to have an immediate ROI. If you are building, you're not necessarily going to be, you know, getting every dollar back that you just invested in. It's sometimes it's going to take some time to build that. Um, and then you might not need to look at the return on everything. Like, you know, we talked about earlier, going to the gym and feeling good about yourself <laughs> can be something that you totally need to do, but you're not necessarily going to see a dollar value come back for that. Um, so, you know, picking these things in small bites will be more helpful because in the long run, you're going to make better decisions on, you know, one piece at a time versus spreading yourself so thin that you can't even decide which, which road to go down because you've got, all these things in front of you, you're kind of in analysis paralysis. 
Yes. Well, and that you and I, a couple months ago, we were talking about going down the road of another project. And I appreciated your honesty to say like, this doesn't have an ROI right away, or this, I even think it might be something, I don't know how we could extract the ROI right away. And even though we saw the value in it, we had to say, okay, we got to push pause really quick because there's other things that take precedent before this, before we can invest. And I appreciated that as a business owner, like just your honesty in that to say, this isn't, this isn't a big like moneymaker, but <laughs> right, <it's>, right. <laughs> it is a, a tool, you know, and sometimes there's investing in tools that will build over time. Right. And that's another area too, where, you know, sometimes you know, our relationship is dependent on what's the value that I see and what's the value that you see. Cause you might know something just being in an expert in your field that I'm not going to recognize as a, as a return. So that's why, you know, keeping that dialogue open on, all right, from my perspective where I'm standing, I could see how this will be really beneficial in this way, but it's not necessarily going to give you a return in the near future. But I want to, pose that for you and say, all right, what kind of feedback do you have? Or are we in agreement that we should postpone this? Yeah, I think that's a really good thing when you, I mean, I think that there's so many good lessons even in that statement that you just made about even who you hire and work with is that um, just, I guess this whole idea of um, allowing somebody else the perspective of your business, because I am so head down in simple pen and you have this kind of different view and there's a lot of value in somebody else seeing the external perspective. And that we see that a lot, even with managing for people's Pinterest accounts is that they've been so entrenched in it for so long and they have a hard time letting go of the reins because this is the way they've always done it. But yet we come in and we have this new fresh perspective from the outside and their traffic soars. and. But it's hard to let go of that initial thing of you think you know best about your business, right? And letting somebody else kind of speak into it. But I think that's, I mean, that's what I love about you doing the data for us is you get to challenge us and challenge me on maybe we should think about this because I see this and it's it's numbers and data. So I don't see anything. I just see numbers falling off the page. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, speak life into it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So what's the other number two thing that we should know about ROI? Um, I think one really important thing can be for those that do have clients of their own doing something very similar to what you did and figuring out what your ROI is for your clients that you're already working with. This is so powerful. I've, you know, and I do this with my clients. I'm looking for that because I want them to see at the end of the day, they might've invested, you know, X dollars in me, but look at what it's yielded them over the long term. Um, and this is, you know, one that usually isn't an immediate thing either. It's um, when you have a service, it's, it's that long-term game plan where, you know, that long game where you're going to say, all right, I'm going to invest in this now because I know within the next six months or 12 months, my business is going to grow by this way or by this much because of that. And it's an, it's an incredibly powerful way to show the value in what you provide to your clients. I also think too, there's a, an ability to draw out testimonials. 
And I just thought of that right now, like, why am I not using this information to post on the site? Because we can say what people, we don't necessarily have to use their name, but we can definitely extract that to show the value of the services we provide. And just by looking at the percentage of growth and what's happened over the last year and each category. So yeah, that's another good thing to use in your business. Okay, so... Any last thoughts on ROI that you would love to tell people? I think start start small, like pick pick one thing and go ahead and take action on something. If you're not doing this already in your business, I promise you it's very powerful. So pick one area, one thing where you could look at what's the ROI. That could be, you know, if you're looking to make a hire, um, you know, if you're going to start paying someone a salary or paying them uh, a certain amount each week to get certain things done for you. And then if that frees up your time, what's the value of your time? That's an, a great way to see, is it worth investing in this person to help me out? Um, or if you have, um, you know, ads that you're running, pick that one ad and figure out what the return is. How is it yielding? What's it yielding for you at the end of the day? So my, my challenge would be to just pick one thing, start with it, see what kind of information and breakthroughs you have and then start building on it. Don't try to do everything all at once. Yeah, that's a that's a quick path for burnout <laughs> right away. <laughs> oh man, Lanes, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can people go to connect with you? Sure. Um, the best place to find me is on my website and that's theprojectbooth.com. I'm Lane Booth, so I get to have a fun little play on my name. Yeah, there. you do. So, <laughs> theprojectbooth.com. And um, I customize so much for clients that it, the best way to actually contact me is to book a call and we'll go over a free initial consult to see what kind of information you need to make those um, profitable decisions in your business. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. Even if you don't do services and or maybe you just sell products, even just to see what your numbers are to make better decisions. If that's not your thing and you're not good at it like I am, then you need to bring in people to help you. And I will forever be grateful for Jocelyn on that car ride <laughs> when she mentioned your name because it was like finally an answer to a problem I had had for years. So I appreciate you and all the work that you do here for Simple Pin too. So that is awesome. Alrighty. So if you want more information, any of the links that we talked about, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 124. And there's where we'll have a full blog post for you. If you are looking to share it, you can go there as well. And also, I want you guys to make sure that you're signed up for the Simple Pin email. So each Wednesday morning at 5 a.m., I send out a weekly newsletter with a little tidbits about my personal life, some Pinterest tips. We watch a lot of webinars from Pinterest, so we kind of extract that information and send it to you. The podcast, any resources that we think you would find helpful. So make sure you go to simplepinmedia.com to find the website or to find not the website, the weekly, the weekly newsletter sign up there too. But if you go to simplepinmedia.com slash one, two, four, you will see it there at the top. So thanks again, Lane, for joining us. And I hope everybody checks out your website. Thanks, Kate. See you next time.